0: On CityCast Pittsburgh. WAMO has deep roots in Pittsburgh as the area's only urban radio station for nearly seven decades. But the sale of the once black-owned station put their future in jeopardy. Now WAMO has been bought by Odyssey, and it's leaving some people wondering if this means the resurgence of a long-standing black community staple. It's Tuesday, April 5th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Let's talk a little bit about the history of WAMO. It was founded in 1948. It started out as WHOD and then renamed itself to, well, renamed to WAMO after the Allegheny, Monongahela, and Ohio rivers. Um, and it became a, a real guiding force in the Black community. So, why is WAMO such an important part of Pittsburgh history?
1: WAMO um, was huge for the city of Pittsburgh from Porky Chedwick. Mm-hmm. To uh, slide job you know, to the uh, current DJs, you know, program directors, sales professionals, promotions. wemo has been the quintessential place for urban music and culture. You know, even you know, on a personal level, I remember listening to the station uh, as a young person. You know, going to school, going to the the basketball court, uh, going to the skating ring, to cookouts. <laughs> you know, everybody would be talking about what they heard on the air. Yeah. You know, and or what the disc jockeys were saying, we were laughing and talking. It seemed like an inside joke. If you didn't listen to the radio that day, you felt as though you missed out. Um, you know, Wemo kept um, the the black community on one accord. And, um, you know, it was, it's to see a station, you know, transition so many times throughout the years. Yeah. You know, uh, you can tell how much, and, and, and it's a, a conversation within the boundaries of the black community. You know how much of an impact Wemo really had. Uh, I'll take you back to, you know, to Porky Chedwick. You know, he was playing some of the hits from Motown or some of the others. He, as a white male, he was playing a lot of the black artists. Some yeah. artists, some DJs would not play that around the country. He was a pioneer.
0: WAMO was a, a major voice for the Black community. And then in the 70s, it was bought by... Um, Ron
1: Davenport. Ron Wama.
0: Davenport, yeah. Sheridan Broadcasting Communications. So, And they're Black-owned. Can you talk about why that was such an important move for WAMO's history and structure? Because I, I feel like that's really kind of when it became what we know it as, at least.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you talked about from WHOD to WAMO. Um, but, you know, you're right, in the 70s, uh, Rodden Davenport Sr., uh, who was the dean of the law school at Duquesne University, you know, thought that he would, you know, try his hand and, uh, in radio and he was able to do so. And it was important uh, that we, you know, stress the, the, what you just said about a uh, radio station being Black-owned, right? Because you know that that culture or you would assume that that culture would stay, you know, intact throughout the within the boundaries of that organization. So that was huge at that time. Even if you think about black ownership too, I mean, you know, like take for instance, BET, yeah. you know, founded and owned by Bob Johnson. You know, there was a great deal of programming that was geared towards the black community, uh, synonymous with WAMO. Programming geared towards the black community, keeping the black community on one core. Black ownership is key. So we commend uh, the Dapper Porch for uh, having it for so many years. And you know, being uh, what some of those pioneers within the, the city of Pittsburgh.
0: But then you're right. So MTV, BT, they both show up. How did these alternatives, so now you're seeing videos and, and kind of accessing music in different ways and different programming. How did that change the landscape for Whammo and for radio in general, do you think?
1: You know, for radio in general, and then I'll tell you how it trickled down to WAMO. Um, many times people in our industry, they want to entertain. Uh, Wemo was one of those stations where they would entertain and educate, mm-hmm. okay, which is important, again, to keep people on one accord. Uh, I'll give you an example. LC Greenwood, the late great Elsie Greenwood, who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 68. He would go into the locker rooms, you know, at, at just different locker rooms with different teams, and he would see, you know, uh, players with, with headphones on, and everybody would be in their own world. But in Pittsburgh, we had one radio. WAMO would be on in our locker room. Everybody was on one accord. The white players, black players, uh, you know, Latino players, Asian players, everybody and coaches. Everybody uh would be on one accord. Now, when you talk about the music videos and things like that, it it changed from entertain and educate to just entertain only. Yeah. You're seeing the music videos, you're hearing the music, but you're not getting that that food for your mind to help stimulate, uh, you know, your growth and maturation mentally. So that's what happened on the national, and international level in television and radio. And it trickled down to, to stations like Wemo. you know, BET, BET had BET news at one point. Yeah. Wemo had Wemo news, but all of that went away once, uh, you know, the music, you know, it's like, you just don't stop that clock. Once the music just, uh, took precedence over everything else uh it was very difficult to get those educational pieces back
0: and a lot of things have changed as far as the way that we consume our information consume music um but what what was the importance of a radio station, of a local radio station then? Because now it seems like, sure, if you're in your car, you know, you can turn it on. But realistically, in, in our homes, we don't have radios at all like that anymore, you know. Um, but what was the importance of, of a station beyond just music?
1: Yeah. So it's funny you say that because I I still... I mean, just coming from radio, I still have a radio in the house. I have, you know, yeah. my, 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 <laughs> and yes, it does have a dial on it, too. Oh, right. Oh, nah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't listen to it all the time, but it's there and it works. You yeah. see what I mean? Uh, but in, and in the car, I listen to local radio. I listen to satellite radio, but I also listen to local radio, too. Again, you know, it keeps, it kept people on one accord. You know, you would go to the cookout. You know, let's just say, you know, how yeah. people say, man, hey, you know, it, He's invited to the cookout. That's a cool cat right there. But it kept people on the same page. Um, <sighs> local radio, especially because um, you know what's going on in various neighborhoods. That's mm-hmm. why I love local morning shows for radio as well, because syndication is great. You know, you have Steve Harvey, you have uh, Ricky Smiley and so many, uh, the Breakfast Club, you know, mm-hmm. out of New York. Uh, who have a lot of great programming, very entertaining in the morning, breaking away from local news and weather and traffic, you know, but there's just something special about having that, that, that down home, hometown programming, uh, where you can, as the listener relate and many times when people go syndicated, I've heard a lot of people say, it. I'm not saying this cause I love radio regardless, but. I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, they're not from my city, so I don't listen. I'm yeah. not going to listen. So that's the reason why local radio is very important. And hopefully at one point we get back to having at least 80 to 90 percent of local programming.
0: I know. I do. I miss that. I used to ride to school and listen. To, I think it was, uh, was it Sly Jock in the morning? Oh,
1: Sly Jock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, I, I was so upset when it switched to syndicated.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, Sean Richards, you know, who was uh, brother Marlon, alter ego. You know, mm-hmm. he, you know, he was on in the morning. Angie was on in the morning. Angie,
0: GQ. yeah, so, yeah. And they moved on to bigger markets. They ended up moving like into like Atlanta and things like that, where, you know, once once the radio kind of dissipated here in Pittsburgh.
1: Correct. Correct, and hopefully, you know, we can get some of those pioneers to either come back and be a part of uh, the, the new WAMO uh, or ownership, if you will, um, and/or just you know, lend uh, lend a helping hand and give some share some expertise to the new ownership, to the new program directors, and things like that, to to make sure that they uh, keep the essence of uh, urban radio alive in the city.
0: So yeah, there was there was a turning point in Wamo's history in two thousand nine when Sheridan sold the station to Saint Joseph Missions. Um, it's a religious broadcaster. And that day, like Wamo just went silent. Do you do you remember were you working for Wamo uh when that happened? And do you can you kind of walk us through what happened? I
1: was there that day. I was there that day. So um so people were walking up and down the hall fast and eyebrows raised and something's going on. And then We heard that there was a mandatory meeting for anybody who worked at Wemo to go downstairs to whatever floor. I think it was the second floor at that time. So I worked for uh, AURN, and everybody was in the news department. We were wondering. We said, we think the worst is about to happen. We were chatting with each other for a few minutes, and the worst did happen. You know, I think it was 36 people uh, were laid off at that time. And, you know, and that was all all WAMO employees. And it was difficult to hear, difficult to see that, because these are 36 of our friends. You know, you become uh close with them and you have a common bond, a common bond of listening and learning and loving radio itself. Uh, and then it was over. And I think it was maybe about a week or two later, you know, they kept a few people on just to transition to Saint Joseph missions. And then um they played it so hard to say goodbye, you know, about Boys to Men and oh. a few other songs. And then it just went black. You know, it's radio station just went silent. And um I just remember hearing so many people saying that they, you know, they cried uncontrollably because uh they thought that the the essence of urban radio in the city of Pittsburgh would be gone forever. Uh it wasn't, but it was dark there for about three or four years. Yeah. But I remember that day. Definitely.
0: was that happening at radio stations like across the country or was this kind of something that was very specifically happening in in the pittsburgh market
1: it you know what anytime you have budget cuts uh in any industry it's something that's happening around the country yeah uh however there are some stations that have i mean excuse me there are some cities that have more than one urban station. Okay. Being that Pittsburgh only had one and it's a top 25 market uh, in the United States that dug deeper because yeah. that was all the urban community had um even though the internet was uh, growing exponentially at that point uh people were listening to internet radio stations and or just local stations but online and Atlanta and all these other places you know that was fine but then with Pittsburgh there was just that that, that strong sense of hope that, uh, people felt as though they lost, you know, it's just like losing a parent. You know, you can always go home. You can always go home to mom's house. You can go, but once, once that, once that parent is no longer there, it's like, you just don't have a place to go. Yeah. That's how people felt, you know, almost orphanized, if you will, uh, when it come, when it came to urban radio
0: yeah I mean you know we lost things like WhamMO Day at Kennywood, the summer jam concerts they used to have do you think WMO will ever be able to recover like do you think radio still matters
1: I think radio still matters um you know if you have a commute, you have radio mm-hmm. you know if you're stationary you know at your house cutting the grass at a cookout you know at a you're washing your car you know radio is still there no we live in a, a, a different Time and space where a lot of people don't want to stop down and listen to commercials. They don't want to stop down and listen to the on air personalities, right? Um, And that's unfortunate, you know, because those are the ones that are, you know, keeping the radio afloat. Those are the ones that are putting blood, sweat, and tears into putting this programming together to entertain you. Uh, But you have youtube you have uh again satellite radio less commercial or no commercials which is rivaling in some respects beating traditional terrestrial radio but the essence of terrestrial radio i think will stay alive because i think people will still tend to appreciate the work that goes into you know it's like a video game and people play you know consoles. Right. And they're like, man, I can't believe that game is $80. Do you realize how much time and effort mathematical, if then statements it took to put the, to put together that video game, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my thing is support, you know, anybody who's listening, support local radio, you know, support the on-air talent, listen to those commercials. That's what pays the bills, you know, just appreciate all that it has to offer. So will WAMO bounce back? I think it will. You know, I think the new owners at um, Odyssey. I think they're going to do a great job mm-hmm. uh, with Wemo, and I'm completely comfortable with that sale.
0: And even even with them not being, I mean, Wemo hasn't been owned by a black owned company in
1: since like 2011, 12, something like that. It's been a, it's been a while.
0: So you think? Do you think that they'll they can bounce back without the the lead of of black owners?
1: I think so. Um, we're in this also new day and age where I is very important you know diversity equity inclusion um and odyssey you know they own you know oh, i think it's a little over 230 radio stations um they've been successful thus far i mean you have to be doing something right in the industry to have that many stations and be. uh i don't know if they're in the black i don't i don't know if they're uh i'm not looking at their books yeah but i'm assuming they're doing pretty well Uh, But they also own stations like V103 in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. uh, KSFM, and I think Sacramento, uh, 104.3 Jams in Chicago. uh, And there's a few others. There's a few others, you know. But it seems as though they care for all audiences, (laughs) uh, and Whammo is going to fall into that category. And being that it's a part of the the KDKA radio family, I'm assuming that there's going to be uh, news updates mm-hmm. added w- within the clock, um, more traffic, uh, weather, um, et etc. So, again, going back to that, you know, it's good to entertain and educate. I think that's what uh, Odyssey is going to do. I- again, we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see um, what that entails. But WAMO is known as a heritage station. And I mean, I'll say this, as president of the Pittsburgh Black Media Federation, I hope that it remains a heritage station. It does not lose its identity whatsoever. Adding day parts, that's perfectly fine. But just keeping the essence, the true essence of WAMO's history is uh, is what we're pushing for as an
0: organization and as a community. Last question. what What is one of your favorite or best memories from wham
1: You know what, it's so funny. Um, and it's not necessarily like a special specific moment, but just the fact that you were a part of that culture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, just, you know, we used to have celebrities coming in, you know, we used to listen to that stuff on the radio and then all of a sudden here they are, going to, like you said, the summer jam and just, just being insulated within that culture. It was second to none.
0: Brian, thank you so much. This has been a very nostalgic interview and walk down memory lane of Whammo, and I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I'm very proud of you, you know, oh. because you were, you were one of our <laughs> students with the Pittsburgh Black Media Federation Urban Journalism Workshop, and you've gone on to do some great things. And uh, we are all proud of you. We're watching you, and we want nothing but success from you. And last thing, we're not surprised. We knew you had any time.
0: Thank you. A little more news to round things out. The Allegheny County Health Department has approved a proposal to reduce air pollution from six plants whose initial plans were rejected earlier this year. The air emissions mitigation plans are meant to help reduce air pollution on days when the health department issues an air pollution warning. Those plants are along the Mon Valley in areas like Clarendon, West Mifflin and Braddock. And the terminal building in the Strip District is getting an Asian food hall. The hall, which doesn't have a name yet, will hold seven stalls, including an offshoot of Mola in East Liberty and a version of Everyday Noodles in Squirrel Hill. The remaining five stalls will be run by Korean Garden, Sumi Bakery, Silk Elephant, and Golden Palace, yum. And they're hoping to be open by the end of the year. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and of course, subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. Boom. Okay.